Welcome to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning in. We pray that the following message will help you connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and others. Congratulations, graduates. Thank you so much for bringing the lights up. Congratulations, y'all. I'm so proud of each and every one of you. And I know you didn't have the opportunity to do it at your homes, but we're going to do it today and we're going to walk. Well, you're going to walk. I'm not moving. Uh, But you're going to walk. You can take your masks off so it's not like a weird picture or anything. Uh, But we're going to ask you to come up and uh, receive something, a token of our, not appreciation, but um, uh, just to show you how proud we are of you for what you've done. All right. So when I call your names, please come up. And if they're not here, just give a round of applause. And that's how we're going to keep it going. All right. All right. First person is Carlin Freeman is not here today, but we can still give her a a round of applause. Congrats, Carlin. Miss Mary Richardson. I can't believe anybody doesn't have an air horn. Congratulations, buddy. I don't know how to do that. You're welcome. Oh, no, just leave. Uh, Mr. Cody Orr, who is not here with us. We love you, Cody. Congratulations. Miss Grace Manning, who is indeed here. Congrats, Grace. You can get a hug. Our Mr. Toby Potter, who is not here, but he also did a wonderful job graduating. Thank you. Also, Miss Hannah Peace, who I didn't see, so we'll give her a round of applause. Um, Olivia Twiggs also could not make it. That's all right. Keep it going, everybody. Miss Abby Beckham, did I see her? Congrats, Abby. Yes, come in. Mm-hmm. That's right. You're welcome. Carrie Faith Henson is not here this morning. However, I did see a Mr. Nathan Crawford. Congratulations, good sir. Okay. Not a problem. Um, Ms. Brenda Alvarado is not here. And Mr. Jonathan Wood is now a pastor, so he's not here. <laughs> All right. Congratulations, class of 2020. Your name is literally third on the list. Alex, where are you? Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) I'm sorry. Good job, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. 
Thanks, everybody. That was good. Me and Alex have a, um, a different sort of friendship. So, but yes, it's truly a great morning. Um, great to be here in the house of God. I am so, so, so proud of all of you. Um, I know we live in a moment where everybody can't be here physically. So we love you. Uh, we're so proud of all the work that you've done to get to this place. Um, and we're continuing to pray for you as a church body. I know it's a weird year. Um, we've been learning how to be together without actually gathering. Um, as I said earlier, it's a very interesting reminder that the church is not settled in one place. We are global. We are multifaceted. Um, and we're scattered throughout the globe. Uh, but we do share the same gospel, and we do have hope in the same kinsman redeemer. Uh, I would like to thank Pastor Jimmy um, for allowing me the opportunity to preach. Um, as I said earlier last service, uh, I, I do believe, however, that he's sitting in the corner waiting on me to fail at any time. But uh, he'll tell me later after uh, a cup of coffee, most likely. And a very special thanks to our graduates, um, those who have graduated in 2020. It's been a weird one, right? Um, nothing happened the way it was supposed to. This year, your senior year, a lot of you all was like, this is the year, it was the magnum opus. It was to be everything. Um, and somehow all the confusion and calumny and, and weirdness entered into the school year and it didn't look the same. However, um, God is faithful. And this series of unfortunate events has also led me uh, to the story of Ezekiel. So if you have your Bibles, I know our graduates who are here have Bibles now. Uh, you can turn to Ezekiel 37. You probably already know it, but if not, we'll take it and attack it together. Ezekiel 37. And it says this, the hand of Yahweh was upon me. And he brought me by the spirit of Yahweh, and he let me rest in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. And he led me all around over them. And look, very many on the surface of the valley, and look very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Lord, Yahweh, you know. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones, and you must say to them, to the dry bones, hear the word of Yahweh. Thus says the Lord Yahweh to these bones, look, I am bringing into you breath and you will live. And I will lay on you sinews and I will let flesh come upon you and I will cover you over with skin. And I will put breath into you and you will live and you will know that I am Yahweh. And I prophesied just as has been commanded and there was a sound at my prophesying. And look, a rattling. And they came together, the bones, bone to its bone, and looked. And I looked, and indeed, sinews were on them, and the flesh went up, and the, cover, and the skin covered them upward, but breath was not in them. And he said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and you must say to the breath, Thus says the Lord of Yahweh from the four winds, Come, O spirit and breath on these dead bones, so that they may live. And I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, 
and they became alive. And they stood on their feet, a very, very large group. And he said to me, son of man, these bones are all, the, are all of the house of Israel. Look, they are saying our bones are dried up and our hope is destroyed. We are cut off as far as we are concerned. Therefore prophesy and you must say to them, thus says the Lord Yahweh, look, I am opening your graves and I will bring you up from the graves, my people, and I will bring you out of the land of Israel. And you will know that I am Yahweh when I open your graves, when I bring you up from the graves, my people. And I will put my breath into you so that you may live. And I will cause you to rest on your soil. And you will know that I, Yahweh, have spoken and I will act, declares Yahweh. One of my favorite stories. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, we thank you for being here. We thank you for this hour. We thank you for this holy moment. We thank you for our graduates. We ask not only that you be present, but also active. We ask you to encourage, to strengthen, to motivate our graduates that they may live on behalf of you. They may go into this world with power and presence and a holy boldness in which they will be able to speak and to love and to give all that you have called them to give. We ask you right now to give them peace and presence of mind to find you in the murky and in the dark places and to love you with all their hearts, all their mind and all their soul and to love people unconditionally. We praise you for all that you've been to them. We thank you that you loved them from their infancy to their adulthood. And we know that you were there with them then and you will be there with them later on in life. As we, the congregation, learn to love them from a distance, we ask you right now to bless them wherever they go, to let them know that the spirit and the prayers of their people are behind them. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And we thank you this morning for miracles. In Jesus' name, amen. So, graduates, you are at the precipice of a new chapter in your life. And it started out with the year 2020. The world seems to be spiraling out of control. It's weird, it's confusing, it's chaotic. There's a global pandemic, there's civil unrest across the globe. Social media is rampant. People are speaking behind their computers in ways they wouldn't speak in public. We are uncertain about the future. We live in cancel culture. And you are terrified that in one step and in one second and in one moment, you don't know where your next step could go, where your future will lead. We're confused about which leaders to trust. We have lost friends on the way and we don't know which way is up. And somehow, you are at the center of it all. Of all of the graduates in all of the years, you have graduated in the year of our Lord, 2020. The year that everybody wants to throw away. But it's a sobering thought, is it not? That for whatever reason, 
if we believe God to be what we says he is in Sunday school and in sermons, that he's intentional, that he has a plan for our lives, that he's strategic, that would lead you to believe that he has strategically put you in this moment in time. Is all of this happening for a reason? I believe so. And more importantly, I believe you happened at this time for a reason. Out of all the centuries, out of all the decades, out of all the moments in history, all the moments in God's creation, he placed you here, right here. Not only that, but he made you available. I believe that it's a very sobering thought because that means to me that God trusts you for something. He trusts Palmetto Baptist to be the church during this time. I believe he trusts you to be the new leaders of this new generation and of this moment that is now coming to be. Remember that you are here at this time for a purpose. So, with that said, I know that was heavy. Let me give you some background analysis on Ezekiel. Here we have Ezekiel. It's one of the major prophets of the Old Testament. Um, he was prophesying during the time where um, Jewish, well, the Jews were in Babylon. They were in exile. Um, he was known as one of the more strict prophets of the time. Uh, we will call him this day, he would, he would be a straight shooter. He would be the sort of person when he hears something, he's going to say it. If he's convicted about it, he's going to believe it. And if he decides to move on something, he's going to move out on something. Ezekiel is known for his many visions. One of them um, is known for the wheel in the middle of a wheel. Um, we've all heard that before. We've heard the song um, and we've been trying to figure it out for years. But this vision is different. The valley of the dry bones. This is one of the ones that we have songs that we've talked about in Bible study and people have come to different conclusions about it. Uh, we love it because it shows that God can do anything in the midst of anything. God is still creator God, he still has the last say. However, it ministers to me differently. I think it's amazing that we have a God that can perform miracles, who can raise the dead, who can do stuff we can't. But for me, what ministers is who God used to do the miracles. And what does that mean for us here in the year 2020? There are many parallels between Ezekiel's time and our own. There was unrest then, people were dying then, the nation was divided then. And many of them wanted it to just be over. I can't tell you how many memes and things that I've laughed at about the year 2020. Um, the funniest part about it is everybody started off the year with 2020 vision and all these great things, and now everybody's like, well, hindsight clearly is in 2020. Um, and I just think it's one of the funniest things going on in the world. But we are all on the same boat. Ezekiel and we are on the same boat. And I believe, like then, God will raise up prophets to speak. He will raise up people in a time of crisis and chaos to work on his behalf. The title of this sermon is Performing Miracles. Performing Miracles. So, you all are graduates. You've taken notes before. I'm going to need you to take notes for the rest of this because we're going to parse out some truths that would help you in the next chapter 
of your life. So first things first, let's go back to verse 37. The hand of Yahweh was upon me, and he brought me by the spirit of Yahweh, and he let me rest in the midst of the valley, and it was full of dry bones. There are many scholars who believe that this was not a literal event. They didn't believe that God took him to some valley. They believed that he was caught up in the spirit of God and he was given a vision. So the first component to a miracle is a vision. God gave Ezekiel a vision of dead things coming back to life. For Ezekiel, it was the Jewish nation that was dry and lifeless and left for dead. For you, it may be something different. It may be a dream that seems out of reach. It may be a problem in your life that you've been trying to fix for a long time. It may be a habit that you're trying to desperately break. It may be a habit that you are trying to now cultivate for the betterment of your life. It could very well be a relationship. There may be somebody in your life who's estranged in which you would like to close that gap and become family again. But first, you have to see it. There has to be a vision. Proverbs 29 tells us that for a lack of vision, our people perish. And I want you to think about it. Everybody on the face of this earth who's ever put their mark on this earth had some sort of vision. They saw the world in the way that they thought or believed God told them it was supposed to be, and then they acted on it. Action is so vital in this life. Vision is first, but you must be willing to move. And you must be willing to remember what the vision is. You must be able to see yourself the way God sees you, regardless of what the world screams at you. And the way God sees you is with nothing missing, with nothing broken, with everything you need for this life. Holistically holy is how your Father in heaven sees you. You must also learn how to see humanity as God sees humanity. As children unable to orient themselves without the knowledge of a loving Father. I think that will be helpful in how we speak to each other. I think if we remember that we are all children of the living God and all have the Imago Dei on top of us, we will speak differently, we will love better. And I think that's something that you need to take with you, not only today, but for the rest of your lives. Remembering that you are not enemies, but you're family. The second component of a miracle is this. It's the willingness to listen to God. Verse 3 and verse 4 says this. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Lord Yahweh, you know. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones, and you must say to them, to the dry bones, hear the word of Yahweh. And I'm going to say this in the way I said it last service. Um, I'm going to say it with 10 tones down, uh, and I'm going to stand in it. I believe that it is a sin to speak on behalf of God if you have not sat down and heard from him. I'll say it one more time. I believe it is a sin to speak on behalf of God if you have not sat down long enough to hear from him. 
I believe one of the biggest issues we have in the church and in Christendom is people who are willing to speak for God, but not are willing to put their phones down, not willing to turn Facebook off, not willing to put TikTok down, not willing to turn off the news long enough, not willing to stop listening to partisan bickering long enough to hear what the living God is saying to this time. We have so many people who will speak on behalf of a stranger. And I want to say this first and foremost to you as you go in the world. If you speak, speak with the full knowledge and relationship of Jesus Christ, because otherwise you will be a clanging bell in the midst of chaos. You are called and chosen for this time to be agents of miracles. You are to herald the voice of God and not the propaganda of man-made structures. You are called to speak truth to power, not to bear false witness against the holy God. The third component is this. It's found in verse 9. And he says to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man. And you must say to the breath, thus says the Lord of Yahweh from the four winds, come, O spirit, and breathe on these dead bones so they may live. And here we have the third component, which is the courage to speak. The courage to speak, to prophesy, to give you a working definition, literally just means to speak under divine inspiration. We see that the bones in the story were in terrible condition. They were cast aside. They were lifeless. They were left to the valley of death, literally. But God told Ezekiel to speak under divine inspiration, to prophesy to the breath. What's also interesting here is that the word breath is also interpreted in the Old Testament as wind and as spirit. God is simply telling Ezekiel to speak to the spirit of the situation. And I will tell you today that there will be times where you will have to speak to the spirit of the situations around you. The word for this, the German word for this is zeitgeist. You may have heard it before. Zeit meaning the word time and geist meaning ghost or spirit. Like Ezekiel, God is telling me to tell you that it's time to speak up to this age that has brought you into fruition. Every miracle in the Bible has some sort of speech attached to it. To the woman with the issue of blood, he says, your faith has made you whole. To the lame man, he tells them to take up their bed and walk, and instantly his legs gain strength. And to the walls of Jericho, there was a great shout before they came tumbling down. This is not Eric telling you to name it and claim it on graduation Sunday. That's not it. What I'm telling you is that change happens. Miracles happen when people under divine inspiration speak up, when people prophesy to the situation. And I will end it with this. God chose you for this time. I need you to get that into who you are, into your spirit, into your minds. God chose you for this time in the world. This chaos, this unrest, this hatred, social media, God has called you to be here. He set this time apart for you. He has also put great desires and passions and things in your heart, and it's good. It's good to have passions. It's good to be great 
in your calling. It's awesome. But we must remember that God is not calling you to an occupation. He's calling you to a lifestyle. He's calling you to the moment. God wants you to be great at what you do. But ultimately, God brought you to this moment to be an agent of miracles. He trusts you with this time in humanity. God trusts you for all that he has. And he has equipped every one of you with gifts for the purpose of reconciling God to God's creation. With the God of the universe, as well as the rest of his people. And now it's time for you to live. Now it's time for you to live as Ezekiel lived. It's time for you to have a vision for the future. It's time for you to listen to God and to speak under divine inspiration and to prophesy to the spirit of the age. You must remember that like Ezekiel, there will be rattling. There will be a sound that you're speaking. It may be the groans of people who disagree with you. It may be fear yelling at you internally saying, hey, no, you don't need to say this. Who are you to say this? But I will tell you, as God told Joshua, you must be strong and have courage to speak in the midst of chaos. Lastly, I want you to remember that the miracle was not the vision of the dry bones, but the miracle was Ezekiel. And you are the miracle for this generation. Before I end, I would like the congregation to stand, the graduates to remain seated. We started this last year and we will continue to do it. Congregants, if you would prayerfully read this aloud with me towards our congregation, to our graduates, those who are online, you continue to speak as well. We feel that and and we appreciate the spirit of God moving in your home. So let's read on behalf of our graduates. As a congregation, we have prayed for you, directed by the spirit, We have instructed you in our most precious faith. Despite our human failings, God, our refuge and strength, has led many of you to profess your faith before him and us all. You have been equipped to go where God leads you. We encourage you now, wherever you go, to seek Christian fellowship, find a church home, and grow in your faith. Leave here with the assurance that our prayers and blessings go with you. Amen. We love you, graduates. Congratulations.